1: Chad Franson here, co-host of the Process Breakdown podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks and giving your staff everything they need to be successful at their job. Past guests include David Allen of Getting Things Done and Michael Gerber of The E-Myth and many more. This episode is brought to you by Sweet Process. Have you had team members ask you the same questions over and over again, and this is the 10th time you spent explaining it? There's a better way and a solution. Sweet Process is a software that makes it drop dead easy to train and onboard new staff and save time with existing staff. Not only do universities, banks, hospitals, and software companies use them, but first responder government agencies use them in life or death situations to run their operations. Use Sweet Process to document all the repetitive tasks that eat up your precious time so you can focus on growing your team and empowering them to do their best work. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, S-W-E-E-T process.com. Dr. John Duponts serves as City Year's Chief Operating Officer. In this role, Dr. Duponts serves as a key leader in the implementation of systems, processes, and organizational design, and will work to align impact fundraising and district engagement operations with City Year's vision and goals for the future. His background is grounded in leading and learning as a former public educator. Dr. Duponts, thank you so much for joining me today. How are
2: you? Uh, good. Thanks, Chad. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: Great to have you. Hey. Uh, so. So tell me more about what City Year is and what you guys do.
2: Yeah, thanks, Chad. And um, City Year. City Year's been around for about 30 years. And City Year is an education nonprofit. It's been around for 30 years, as I said. Um, we connect with 29 school districts across the country. And we're part of the AmeriCorps network. So we have a double bottom line. The double bottom line is we have a... Um, through AmeriCorps, we we were able to... Um, gather a group of core members, and the group of core members, we send to schools and school districts around 29 um, different cities across the country, 50 some some school districts, uh, 300 and something schools. So we do this work um, with the purpose of, of course, engaging young people, the people who we work with, the young people we work with, but we also, um, we also are, our other part of our bottom line is making sure that core members develop leadership skills, have a great experience and understand the ability to serve. And of course, our purpose is to create the conditions for all young people to reach their potential and to make sure that we advance um, the mission of equity um, and relationships and diverse learning experiences for, for, for people all over the country. Great, sounds My, great. Yeah, sorry I used to have background noise here, but yes. <laughs>
1: that's all right. Yeah. Um, what's your dog's name?
2: I have three dogs, Chad. I have uh, Ch- Chop, Max, and Rudy. And uh, yes, the door, they heard the mailman come through. So oh, there you go. That's what they're, they're doing their job.
1: <laughs> Very good. So uh, what's what's involved in your uh, kind of day-to-day role as COO of City Year?
2: Yeah, as Chief Operating Officer of City Year, uh, I'm responsible. I work with an operations team. And also three market presidents. And what we do is we support the 29 sites with their work in uh, with people, their work with um, finance, and their work with um, impact. So the impact space, of course, the double bottom line, as mentioned with core members and students, the finance in terms of um, their expenditures, but also. Um, the donations right and the fund and the funders and then also um the people the people experience and engagement we're a relationship such a big relationship-based company so our people engagement and people experience piece is uh, plays out in everything that we do with students and with districts but we also try to model that throughout our organization so i'm responsible for that entire network of 300 schools And I do that work with the market presidents and a team um, of operation leaders.
1: How do you go about uh, modeling those types of relationships?
2: Well, you know, I've been at City Year for a year and a half, and I was a former assistant superintendent in the the school district of Philadelphia. And what attracted me to City Year, City Year was a partner of mine in the school district. What attracted me to City Year was... Uh, their work with students and how these core, the core members would serve relentless and give a, give themselves a year or two just to to put themselves in positions to to create different conditions in support of a school district for children and we call those core members student success coaches and those student success coaches um, I don't know there's something about how they operate in schools. And so I learned a lot from watching these Student Success core members and how they work with students. And being able to model that throughout the organization, for instance, when I started a year and a half ago, it's spending time with people virtually because we're in this COVID place, but spending time with people virtually, understanding how to help them thrive in their work, um, opening lines of communication, uh, opening lines to help with emotional intelligence, um, asking about simple things about themselves and their family. Um, how do you connect them to their work better? How do you make sure that your um, things are clear so people can be successful at their job? So I think these are things that we would we hope to do in our organization. So I try to model those types of behaviors. And I also try to be, I think one thing with leadership, which is sometimes overrated, as leaders, we're, we seem to talk a lot. and I'm talking a lot for this podcast, but I found the strength in listening and being able to like listen, really listen to people and what their needs are. And people will tell you what they need and can you fulfill their obligation this time right now, of course, as we have doing this podcast at the end of the pandemic or are we in the pandemic, wherever we are with it, um, working with people is more important than ever and giving them grace, but also having a collective accountability, um, being supportive. uh, There's nothing more important than that right now.
1: What do you think? What do you think that having a leader, leaders who listen, does for the culture of an organization?
2: You know, Chad, people just like if you're in person, and of course, most of our time now has been virtual. But just like you're in person, people watch leaders and they watch to see what they do, how they do it, things that they say. I think it's sometimes watching what people don't say, and I've found that. At City Year, I learned so much from the people that I work with, and I learned so much about their work, and that helps me to synthesize and make better decisions. So every week I try to spend, and I would suggest this from any chief operating officer, once every week I try to spend time with people closest to the work and closest to the front line, and I just listen and listen and listen. I think I make better decisions because I understand their work better. a lot of times we could stay in these silos and in these clouds, but uh, I make sure that my schedule is really intentional about times when I know when I have to strategize and be direct, and I also have times when I have to collaborate. But I also make time for me to listen to people closest to the front line. So I'm very strategic about my schedule to be able to do that. So when I go in those meetings, and I'm also upfront about it. When I go in those meetings, I'm like, I'm here to listen, and I'm here to learn from you. And that goes a long way because then people start talking throughout the organization about, oh. Like, I'm being heard, I'm listening, I I hear you, or my voice is important. And I think that's, that's important to build camaraderie, it's important to build a um, community.
1: What do you feel like, uh, t- So what, what, uh, what do you do to try and build more effective teams? Like, do you have some processes in terms of team building?
2: Yeah, um, I think the first part of the process is letting the team get to know each other. I think the second part of the process is understanding the, the goals and the focus. And how the team fits into overall larger scope of the organization. I think the third piece is helping them, the team understand where once they fit into the organization, how they collaborate with human resources, how they collaborate with um, all the other support services, finance, how they collaborate with engagement, how they collaborate with government relations. So helping them to understand how they fit in this place. So you and then I think that I would say the last piece is letting them work. And trusting their work, and then giving them guidance along the way, almost like a distributed leadership model. So I think that. Um, so I think the beginning part is like relationship and understanding who they are with themselves as leaders. The second part is helping them to understand where they fit in the organization, and then the last part is um, letting them actually play that out and coaching, guiding along the way in a kind of like distributed leadership piece.
1: What challenges have has that, what challenges has having to work in a virtual environment presented in terms of this team building?
2: Oh, wow, Chad. Well, at City Year, if you're familiar with City Year, we're such big community. We're like our superpower is being in community with each other. And um, I was sold on City Year once I met our CEO, Jim Balfance, and I spent about five hours with him. So that's five hours with him and hearing how he, in understanding... The vision of where he wanted to take city year was really the selling point for me, right? But the selling point as a city year is being in person, being around each other. So the challenge virtually is our superpowers being challenged because that's one thing we're great at and I think what we try to, what we try to do, we try to build in moments where we spend time showing pictures of families. We spend time just talking. We spend time um, uh, celebrating. So we do as much as we possibly can virtually. Uh, We may play games. We do as much as we possibly can virtually just to connect with people because a superpower is being challenged a little bit. But thank God we we are in schools and we work with schools in person, but we have had moments where we work with them virtually. But, um, but our superpower is just being in person, um, connecting with people, being in community. And um, so, yeah, it's challenging, but we, we make it work because we have to.
1: If you're in a competitive market, what, is, uh, what would you say the benefit is of kind of putting an emphasis on team building the way you do instead of, you know, some, maybe some other place just, you know, we just need to go out there and grind to get the job done? What, uh, what do you think the advantage of team building gives you in a competitive market?
2: Advantages. Uh, I think, look, we're in this we're in this we're in this world now where people have a lot of choices about where they work. You know, we have like the Great Recession and, and we're all across the country. We're challenged with that. Um, I think being a part of a team doesn't help you feel alone. You know, and I think the work of us with working virtually, we tend to have back to back meetings like every organization. Right. It's back to back meetings and you have more meetings because there's less time in between to do different things. So I think being part of a team helps you to not feel alone. I think part of a team helps you to re-engage in terms of um, aspects of retention. I think being part of a team helps you to understand where you fit in the organization and how the work you, you drive with the work. Um, look, this the world is tough, Chad, and the work that we do, um, we're like a service organization. It takes a lot out of you and until you 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 know you need people to lean on you need people to support you you need people to listen to you because you're giving everything that you have at city year out into the world right that's what we do so you have to have some for yourself and part of what you need for yourself is being able to engage with people and a team that supports you in that because it it takes a lot out of you but so i think those are the benefits of the team and i think um That's why we just try to stress it so much. Uh, I I would add another piece, Chad, with the team is um, being able to being in the way the world is today, being able to sit in a room with other people and not know the answer to things. And you just kind of struggle with that. Like, can you be can you become comfortable with that? Sometimes as leaders are like, oh, I have to know the answer. I'm expecting to know the answer. Sometimes it's good to just sit with people and try to figure that out, even, even to figure out if you could all come and agree that none of us know what the hell we're going to do right now. Sometimes that's just what you need to get to the other side. And I think being part of a team at City Year, that's what we're able to do.
1: Has it been kind of a, a journey to get to that point? I, I mean, wh- why do you think leaders, maybe people in leadership roles are afraid to admit that they don't know, they don't have all the answers?
2: Oh, man. Um, Chad, I'm not sure. It may be ego. It may be emotional intelligence. It may be competition. Um, I don't know. I just, I found early on, I was a, I had a big job early in my career and I was 30 years old, had a really big job and, you know, I was 30. So it was like 20 some years ago. So I thought I was hot stuff, Chad. Mm -hmm. And I learned really fast that, Um, I was really humbled um, by the staff that I worked with during that time and in a nice way. And it really helped me to learn that, like, all that stuff really doesn't mean anything, right? And so I've had lessons in my life that have humbled me. And also when you think about background, right? You know, I was, you know, I grew up the kid who used to get bullied and I grew up the kid who used to get spit on and racial epithets coming my way. and so. When I grew up, those types of things humbled me to think about how I want to be um, around people and how I want to give or give of myself around people and what type of leader I want to be. So I, I attribute those things to maybe there's some things that have happened to people in their experiences which have shaped their lead, how they are as leaders. Mine fortunately shaped me into being the leader that I am Where I'm very humble about certain things. Um, I think about emotional intelligence. I think about uh, my ego. I'm able to check myself, but I'm just very comfortable with where where I am. So, but there are moments when I lose myself too, and I have to like like come back. But those moments professionally, when I was successful really early, and also my experience as a younger person, I think all contributed to... um, just how to do that. But I think everybody has to be able to self-reflect and understand those places about where they've been and do their own mirror work to be able to do that. And I think if you're a leader, you have to do your own mirror work, especially at this level because the world is too tough and there's so so many challenges. So you have to do that, your own mirror work to discover that.
1: That's great. Uh, Thank you so much for sharing uh, your story and those insights with us. I have one more question for you, but first, how can people find out more about City Year?
2: Oh, of course, Chad. You can go to cityyear.org. Um, and of course, we're always looking for open positions to work in the impact space. Of course, Chad, we're always looking for young people who want to serve a year um, with us. Um, we we connect to te- a teacher pipeline issue, teacher pipelines. We also connect to um, helping to support in other pipelines into nonprofits, into private industry. Um, so cityyear.org is. Um, is the way that they could connect with City Year.
1: Final question for you. What do you find most fulfilling in your role? It sounds like City Year is quite, quite an organization and you're the COO. What do you find most fulfilling personally? Uh,
2: I think, Chad, most... I think there's a couple of things. It's not one thing. I really... And I will get a little bit personal, if that's okay for this sure. podcast. Um. I appreciate, um, I don't know if this podcast is live or, ver- or, or people are just going to listen to it, but I identify as a Black man, and I really appreciate the work that we're doing in the diversity, equity, belonging space. Now, we're on the journey, and we're not there yet, and you know, the world continues to change, but as a high-level executive, I really appreciate that I could show up as my true self in these spaces. So that's one thing that I really appreciate about City Year. I, and the second thing I really appreciate about City Year, and of course I'm not saying this because I work at City Year. I'm saying it because that's what I experience, and I wouldn't be there if I wasn't experiencing that. The second mm-hmm. piece is, um, I love working with the people at City Year. They're not only talented, but their passion and their outlook on life—it's um, infectious, and it gets you going and it gets you moving. And I know it's part of Americorps, and we serve, but it's Um, it's like a magnet, right? And we have this idealistic uh, way about us that really helps keep you motivated in the work. So the people at City Year. So the first is my experience. The second is the people at City Year. The third piece, which is connected to this podcast, is as the world continues to change, I love being a part of the change process. As we're an organization, I'm the COO, and we're trying to change with the world and we're trying to become a better organization for the for the people that we serve and um going through a change management process and understanding how all the functions of um of an organization have to work together and even is the organizational structure correct or um do we have things lined up in order to meet our kpis or is it So I just, I really enjoy the the change management process. So I would say those are the three things. One, personal identity. Two, the people. And three, in this time leading when it's tougher than ever, being part of a change process. Great,
1: great. Hey, Dr. DuPont, it's it's been uh, great talking to you. Thanks so much for sharing all of your thoughts and your stories and your insights with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Chad. Thanks so much. So long, everybody.
0: Thanks for listening to the Process Breakdown Podcast. Before you go, quick question. Do you want a tool that makes it easy to document processes, procedures, and or policies for your company so that your employees have all the information they need to be successful at their job? If yes, sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. No credit card is required to sign up. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, and process like process.com. Go now to SweetProcess.com and sign up for your risk-free 14-day trial. Hi.